Welcome to Let's Talk Social. My name is Rich Hake, and I'm going to be diving into all things social media marketing from tips and tricks that you guys can try to trends that you can implement on your page. We're here to help you navigate the ever-changing world us marketers go through. Join me as I discuss some of the impact that social media has had on our businesses to build better brand strategies to improve sales. Let's hop in. Welcome back to this week's episode of Let's Talk Social. We took a couple weeks off, but we are back to be talking about how we can design landing pages for our digital ads on our website to be the best that they can be to maximize for lead fillouts, conversions, whatever that looks like for your business. I've got 13 items I'm going to be going over. I'm going to touch on some a little bit more than others. I'll let you know when I think one is kind of more important and needs to be um, kind of noted about. And if you can check all 13 of these on your website, one, that's very impressive, but two, uh, you should be seeing some pretty good conversion rates. And uh, our site has actually been using um, a lot of these 13 principles itself, and it does a pretty good job of gathering leads. So the first thing that we are going to be talking about, number one, is designing for mobile. So many people miss this. The new digital age for everything websites, 90% of traffic is going to be from mobile, roughly 90% is going to be from mobile. And so we need to remember that when we're designing a page on desktop, I don't know what whatever you use, um, if you have a web designer team or if you're just using something like Wix or Squarespace, always be checking the little mobile tick at the top, you know, change the view over to that. And then before publishing, if possible, check it on your actual phone. Um, and if possible, even past that, check it on multiple different phones that are different sizes or brands. And that way you can see if it's going to perf- uh, perform and appear in the appropriate light for everyone that's going to be viewing the the page from the ad. So number one is design for mobile. Even um, our websites that we design, mobile first design. That's the number one thing. All the traffic is going to be mobile, so why not design for mobile? Number two is, um, I'm going to kind of merge two and three. Have your value proposition above the the viewport, basically in that first uh, landing viewport with one conversion action. So one call to action, basically. So if you are marketing, um, let's say a event um, event hosting service, right? You, you plan events and you host them for people. When someone lands on the page before they scroll, they need to be able to see what you do, what the offer is in a button or a form where they can click that and within whatever happens next is going to get them to a place where they can fill out that lead form or convert in whatever way converting looks like for you. As you can imagine, minimizing the amount of steps um, improves the amount of submissions that you're going to be getting on your forms. If there's less to do, then you're going to have less fall off from people either not knowing how to get past it, time waiting on. A couple of these I'll talk about, um, like load times, for instance, people will fall out for all these different things. So we're mitigating risk in relation to how people are going to be seeing this and what, um, I guess, risk could be assessed as like fall off for um, the people that will be visiting the site. So um, 60% of people don't scroll when they land on a, a, a landing page. So that's kind of a big statistic that is a big reason why you should also use this is because a lot of people aren't even going to scroll. They're going to immediately start looking around the website. They're going to look at the navigation bar. So you have to have something that um, really just kind of ties them in and everything's right there for them. They don't need to scroll or do anything. You can have more on the page. They just, everything they need is right there. The next one down, number three is minimizing load time. So this is going to have to do with 
compressing the images on your page. This is going to have to do with how the code is laid out. If there's extra, um, any HTML, CSS, JavaScript, if there's extra code that doesn't need to be on that site, removing that stuff. If you want a way to check what your um, load time is on your website, on average, you can use Google Chrome, right-click any website that you're on, go down to inspect, and then you're going to tab over to the Lighthouse column, and it will let you run a report as to how your load speed will perform on mobile or how it will perform on desktop. So you can test those against each other, and it will actually even point out the redundant code that's on your site. So if you're actually someone like myself who can get into the code, you can actually see all the code that Google suggests you remove, and then go in and remove that code so that your load speed is faster. I think the last time I read a stat on this, it was like almost 80% of people won't wait past like three seconds or something like that for a load page to, for a load, for a load time on a page. So um, get the load times down, use Google Lighthouse if you'd like, great resource there. Do the obvious things. Um, another big thing that kills load time is video. So if you don't have an optimized video, if your video file is too big, maybe it's optimized, but it's still just like a really long video, you can't have those embedded. They might need to be like a embedded player for like click to play the video instead of having it autoplay and be like actually in the site when someone loads it. Because the, the whole site has to basically load everything that's on there in a certain protocol order. And normally videos will be in the beginning of that. And so... You're, it's going to be the first thing it's trying to load. And if it takes a while, then none of the rest of the site loads. The person gets bored or lost and they leave. Number four, deliver the offer without any delay. So this is not really about the, I guess, the the landing page experience in a sense, uh, but kind of more about the offer that you're suggesting. So if this is a um, kind of a time bomb offer where you have to do something or sign up for you know 15 days and then get this, the suggestion to maximize the success on the actual, um, you know, the bottom of the funnel here where we're converting on the website, um, the idea is to be able to have instant gratification when the person fills out this form, they get something in return. Um, if you haven't been browsing the internet and like signing up for a lot of things, you'll see every now and again um, a place where you can sign up to download something, but they want your email in in um, as a you know the trade basically. And so you put in your email, click enter, and then they let you finally download the thing. So you're getting instant gratification. They're getting your email. So win-win. Won't go too much into that. That's kind of all I really have to say about that. The next one is going to be the uh, for longer pages, use multiple call to action. So again, kind of touching back up on the other one. So when we're talking about, say, a landing page, like for even my business, we, you know, we have our marketing landing page. So if we want to run ads for somebody, I've got a whole big page that goes through um, some of the example stuff we've done, information about the services that we offer. I've got um, suggested similar services that are on there. So there's kind of a lot of information. So as someone's scrolling down that, that page, you want to make sure that there's still within that viewport at all times, some call to action for them to be able to convert. So in theory, you shouldn't really be able to scroll anywhere on your landing page and not be able to see one of the conversion buttons at any given point in time. Again, if you're trying to minimize confusion and the amount of steps for people, so they might be three quarters down the page and then finally decide like, okay, I might talk to these people or I might fill this out or I might buy this, whatever it is. You want to have a button there for them to do that. So multiple call to actions down longer pages. Um, 
The next one is going to be leverage social proof. So this would be trying to point out any points of social recognition. This could be for customer reviews. If you haven't heard my episode on social proof, I'll go over that really briefly for a second. If you already have, sorry. Um, so social proof is a, is basically what you get when it um, when you're either publicly acknowledged, when um, someone leaves you a review, when you're mentioned in a uh, news press article or anything like that. It's basically anything of, of someone else in whatever form vouching for you. And in this case, your business. So as you can imagine, you know, on like a lots of websites, even like my agency site, you go to our homepage, we list out all of our clients, not all of them, but we've got example clients on there so that we build up some social proof and notoriety to show you as the person shopping that we have done this before. We have other people that are here to show you and tell you that we've done it before. And this also plays into a different episode I had, which was the episode about perceived likelihood of achievement. If you have not listened to the perceived likelihood of achievement episode, I would just pause this right now and go listen to that because a lot of this is going to be really kind of playing into what that whole concept is. The perceived likelihood of achievement is, and why social proof plays into that, is basically how easy it is for someone to see whatever you're trying to sell and believe that they can achieve getting that thing. So if you're selling a weight loss class and you have a thousand reviews on your website versus someone else selling a weight loss class and they only have 10 reviews, the person is going to be like, well, this guy's done a thousand, this guy's only done 10. So it makes a lot more sense. The likelihood of me being able to do it with this guy is much higher because he's tried and proven he's done it a hundred times. So that's kind of what social proof is. If you can imagine including that on your landing page, bringing all that stuff forward um, is is huge and pinnacle. I would even recommend putting that in multiple places on your website, bottom of the homepage, contact form, any of your landing pages, make sure the social proof relates to the actual service you're trying to sell. And um, it should be a really good and uh, strong thing to include that will help hopefully people convert. The next up is write focused page headlines with power words. So um, I could pull up this post I saved the other day. There's so much content out there about what are called power words or hook words. Um, so, you know, writing with a punchline or a hook in a sense, it's going to be kind of those buzzwords that are almost cringy. You'll hear them every now and again on the podcast, even in our like Instagram clips, but it's 10 things you didn't know you were missing out on. It's, it's stuff like that, that kind of like gets people to be like, Oh, what is that? I need to go listen to that. Um, I'm talking about for this podcast, right? So um, use very good call to actions with power words. So, um, you know, it could be the best solution for this thing ever. I don't know, whatever that kind of looks like for you. Just use very strong, emotionally evoking words that paint a picture of achievement. Again, perceived like it of achievement in the person's head. So if they land on the site, it's not, we do websites and marketing and blah, blah, blah. And that will grow your business. You need to put Build your business with our websites because they're better and blah, blah, blah. You're speaking with the with the perceived like achievement already installed in that sentence there, right? So see if you can go through your entire website and do that cleanup. I did that um, a few months ago, and I feel like it's been a, a pretty good help, actually, to everything that we've been doing. And then the last one is going to be... I didn't actually hit 13. I'm... I'm smashed a couple together. I realized they were redundant mid-episode. Sorry. Um, but the last one's going to be test and experiment big. So whether it be Facebook ads, Google ads, um, if you're just doing just Instagram, whatever that looks like for you, if you're not familiar with A-B testing or split testing, you basically do everything the same and change one variable, just like the uh, 
what's it called? The scientific method. We learned this in school as kids, right? Um, you have a control and the variables that you change. For these landing pages, for instance, if I had three of the same ad going, but three different landing pages, maybe one is um, can't scroll at all, short and sweet. Next one's long, like the one I currently have with multiple call to actions. And then maybe the third one's just a video that plays and there's a form next to it. I run that ad, equal budget, everything, equal audience, everything's the exact same except the landing page. And then I look at the data, which, which one of these pages has brought me the most leads. And then I have my answer. Oh, it's the video one. I never would have thought about that. We should actually probably really invest in getting a new video for this landing page, higher production, mention on this, this, and this that I've heard in our sales calls that aren't being achieved at this moment in time. So play with these things, test them, experiment with them. It's the only way you're really going to know 100% for sure what is the best is to be able to actually try everything at some level. If you're wondering about how long to try something or maybe how much to spend on something before giving up on it, I'm normally a proponent for 500 bucks um, on this kind of stuff as like a good base level for some businesses that are maybe in the small to medium category that could be a little scary. Any amount is good, but um, for other businesses that could be, you know, chump change, whatever that looks like for you guys. So 500 is normally a good um, thing over the course of like 30 days, right? So I'm talking um, 15 to 20 bucks a day, roughly. Um, to kind of get the whole thing implemented. So if I was going to run those three ads against each other, like I was just talking about, I would put, you know, whatever my budget is, minimum 10 bucks a day on that kind of stuff where you're split testing. You just have to have more money for that because the more times you split up the ad, each, you know, each one siphons off more of the budget. So um, if you have like, I wouldn't test seven landing pages at once. I'd say three is probably a, a maximum. Even two would just be fine to start with. Um, but being able to leverage the spend, is probably something important to do. And then more that time that passes, time's very important in business. We don't want a lot of time to pass. So 30 days, I think is plenty of time to be able to see if, especially with that much money behind it, to be able to see if this is going to be going in the right direction or not. Even if you get two leads on one and none on the other, we can take a safe bet that we spent 250 bucks on each of these and this one got two and this one didn't. Now two still isn't very good for 250 bucks, but maybe we make a third one after we kill the first one and then we do another round of 500. This one gets four actually. Wow. We didn't know that. So, you know, you can start taking steps in the right direction. So that's the last one. Test and experiment big. These have been the absolute best things that you can do to market your business. When people land on the actual homepage, the best thing that you can do is to have all of this stuff polished up. If you're paying a marketing team like mine, or you're doing all this hard work yourself, on the front end and spending money and time to do these things, it, of course it makes a lot of sense to be able to have the last place that people go, the very bottom of the funnel, to almost be one of the most effective pieces of the entire funnel. So that is the episode, guys. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments on this one, it's pretty interesting. Let me know if you have other things that you think uh, that could be added to this list. I'd love to hear those as well. I can add them and we'll do another episode about this. I did this episode about two years ago, actually, so I'll probably continue to revisit this as time changes and as web changes as well. We're getting into augmented reality and virtual reality in the next five years, so I really think we've got some cool stuff coming with ads, how we interact with them. That's going to be a whole new thing, user experience and then the landing page and that user experience as well. So again, thank you guys for listening and I will see you in the next one. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, my name is Rich Hake with Alpha. If you have any questions about today's topic or if you want me to talk more in depth about a different topic, let me know in the comments down here below or wherever you're watching this. You can DM us on Instagram at Let's Talk Social Pod or you can send me an email directly at Let's Talk Social Podcast at gmail.com. 
We'll have another episode coming soon for you guys. Have a social day.